1: alike welcome to Braving the Elements Nickelodeon's podcast about all things Avatar verse I'm Janet Varney and I'm
2: Dante Bosco and we're really excited about this episode because this time the heavy lifting isn't on us We get to basically just chill and let yeah. the chips fall where they made this time Varney me and you were just spectators in the game.
1: I know, I know. I mean, we are having in this episode, instead of us doing, you know, the work of talking about the most controversial thing about this episode, which is, is it good or is it bad? We have brought some friends in, some friends who we also happen to know are fans of The Last Airbender, and they are going to battle it out. In what I would dare call one of the most incredibly tame, incredibly friendly, possibly even adorable uh, debates. hold on, hold on, hold on. Varney, you're so
2: water what? tribe friendly. I'm taking over. I'm taking over today. We have two fierce rivals ready to go toe to toe to argue over one of the biggest controversies in the Avatar verse. Dun, dun dun! Is the Great Divide a good episode or a stinker? <laughs> This is, I mean, this is really a big question. I put my epic voice guy
1: movie trailer
2: voice on for that Beautiful.
1: one. I need to hear more of that in my life forevermore.
2: This is like a big question. I ran into a lot uh, watching the show, talking with fans, talking to one of the directors of the show, Giancarlo Volpe, who I do introduce as. The director of The Great Divide. Yeah,
1: and we had John O'Brien on. He talked about it. He, he wrote it, so he and Giancarlo kind of share that dubious honor as he put it. But that's why I'm so excited that we just get to sit back and maybe just make a decision based on the, I'm sure very salient points of our two friends. Without further ado, let's welcome them. Let's welcome our guests and fierce, fierce debaters. He is a writer, host, and longtime self-proclaimed cartoon nerd who is now hosting a wonderful new Nickelodeon iHeart Podcast. We will hear more about in a moment. She is a writer, podcast maven, and just an amazing part of many fandoms. Please welcome our friends Hector Navarro and Danielle Radford. What's up? Hi. Hello. Thank you guys for joining us on our show.
3: We are, well, I can't speak for Danielle. Honored, honored. I'm honored. I know Danielle's honored. I know Danielle's honored to be here. We're both honored to be here. This is so cool
0: honor yeah i'm super psyched this is gonna be really really fun i can't wait thank you for having me
2: so before we get into the debate we want to hear more about you guys and how you first discovered avatar
0: okay so for me i started i actually watched Korra first
2: what
0: that was my first i know that's what everyone says i watched legend of Korra first
1: unheard of. It is certainly not unheard of. I have met plenty of people (laughs) who just so happened to watch Legend of Korra first. It's just a
2: fascinating to get the perspective. And from that point of view, I'm fascinated. So uh, I watched that first and then I came
0: back and I watched when Avatar came to Netflix was one when I first started watching it. And then, of course, I'm one of the writers for Honest Trailers. Um, We did do an Avatar Honest Trailer. And so I love the series. I just I like Hope. I like when things are fun and funny, and I like when, when you get that combination of, you know, you talk about duty and you talk about all of the gravitas of the series, while it still, like, has moments to find joy and be hopeful and be joyous. And so I just really fell in love with it, and I fell in love with all the characters. Oh.
1: Such, I mean, well said, well said. And you are absolutely sort of known in the world of fandoms because you are co host of the debate show Movie Fights, as well as the sci fi show that the delightful Baron Vaughn hosts, appropriately titled, considering what we're doing here today, The Great Debate. And before we move on to Hector, I just want to circle back on your intro, Danielle, and underline how much I love your podcasts like Tights and Fights and Maximum Film. And then also maybe hear a little bit about some of the writing you've been doing. Oh, thank you.
0: I've been uh, dipping my toes in writing comics. Uh, I wrote a comic. They, so they have comics based on the TV show, Gretzko. And so I wrote one of them. Like they they have, uh, there was a mini series called Gretzko Meet Her World. And I wrote issue number three. Um, and I'm gonna oh be, I God. can't announce it yet, but I'm gonna be writing some other, uh, some other comics as well. So it's really
1: exciting.
2: Congrats, oh it's amazing.
1: Thank you. I mean, you're all over the place. Like, and it's amazing. You're somebody that I'm, whenever I get asked to do something, I'm like, I feel like there's a 50, 50 chance I'll see Danielle because everyone (laughs) wants to work with you. Everyone wants to loop you in on cool projects. And it happened right here. Like we are proof positive right here because immediately it was like, Oh, we got to get Danielle. I just turned pink. Thank you. (laughs) It's all true. All right. Shall we move on to a person who is very well known to hate Avatar The Last Airbender? One of his least hey, favorite shows. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. I first met Hector doing the Nickelodeon podcast many years ago when he brought The Legend of Korra cast on. He has done some wonderful episodes on Avatar. Check those out if you have not had a chance. Uh, we've already referred to them in past episodes. Ugh, there's some great stuff there. And so we know that you love it. And that's one of the reasons why we're interested in the fact that you think this is filler.
3: Yeah, love it, except for this one. Uh, I'm just <laughs> coming onto the podcast just immediately as a heel, <laughs> just immediately. Everybody's going to be like, this guy is the worst. My history with the show is that I am an old school, 90s Nickelodeon kid. I mean, I think we all are. I think we all grew up with the greats, the Rugrats, Doug, Hey Arnold, Ren and Stimpy, SpongeBob at the end of the decade. It was getting crazy. I went to college for animation. I eventually got a degree in media arts and animation. My friend in college was like, bro, what are you doing? You have to watch this show. It is so special and so great. So then I watched it and- of course, because it's amazing, I fell in love with it and became obsessed. It, it holds a place in my heart right there with SpongeBob, right there. But it's like, it's a show that I love it for all the reasons Danielle listed. And I also love that it doesn't dumb anything down for kids. It's a show that has these amazingly poignant themes that still resonate with this Generation, as we've gotten older, the stuff that you pick up from Avatar can still be applied to what is happening every day in the world today. And that's my favorite thing about the show. And then Korra came out and I loved Korra. And there are so many things about Korra that I'm like, this is even upgrade from Avatar. But then I did this Movie Fights episode with Janet and I was the dummy that picked Avatar to argue as the best animated show of all time and I forced Janet to pick Cora and we had to do a movie debate. That's such
1: a hard I couldn't. Yeah. I probably would have more successfully <laughs> argued Avatar and that's the I know, experience. I know I should have let having. you take
3: an Avatar. Well, you
1: know, just being back with it like in many ways not surprised. I have a deeper connection to Avatar because I do love the hybrid animals and the adventures going to these different lands and the sweetness and the quiet and the slowness. And and Cora is just like straight ahead, like
3: boom, 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 boom. richer and deeper. I They're know. So They're so different. It's, They're yeah. so different. Yes.
1: They're different. It's okay. We <laughs> love you. We love you. Love you. But I really felt it. So we, we argued opposing sides in that debate and... Uh, I think we both were like close to tears at the end because we were both so worried about each other's feelings.
3: <laughs> anyway, Batman ended up winning anyway, Janet. Batman so won. what can you we do? Never stood
1: a Yeah, the DC people all day long never stood a chance. Now, one quick last thing. I see a SpongeBob head peeking up on your shirt. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of mention of your love of SpongeBob. Is there any way more that you could prove your love of SpongeBob? Is there anything else you can think of that involves SpongeBob?
3: What a layup. Let me spike it. I am currently (laughs) co-hosting a podcast for Nickelodeon, SpongeBob Binge Pants. We're going through SpongeBob SquarePants. We're following in your guys' footsteps. Uh, I'm hosting it with the amazing Frankie Grande. It's been so much fun. And we're going to have to have you guys, all three of you guys, a guest on at some point to talk about the first season and beyond of SpongeBob. It's been a blast. So, happy you know, yeah. How many millions of episodes are there? I think there's about eight million episodes, Dante.
1: (laughs) And so why don't each of you tell us just very quickly, this is not the opening statement or anything, but like, I don't even know, like, what side are you arguing for?
0: Who says it's good and who says it's a stinker? Um, I, Danielle Radford, am arguing that this is a good episode, that it is not filler. And yeah, that just that it's good and that it's not filler, and that uh, maybe if you think it is, go ahead and take a second look, because you might see something that you missed.
3: And I, Hector Navarro, am counter-arguing that this is a episode filled with stinker, is what I'm arguing. It's stinker is what I'm this saying. This is
1: very interesting. Beca- yeah. Stinker. Bunch of filler in here, at Hector. more <laughs> filler than
2: your local uh, Botox place. <laughs>
3: This is more filled than a delicious Twinkie.
1: Uh, see, I'm
0: saying all killer, no filler from the Danielle Radford side.
1: Oh, that's a very catchy phrase, I guess. I mean, should we do this? Should we, should we get yeah. into this great divide, great debate?
2: The Great Divide. Oh right. yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. yeah. Right. Oh
1: yeah! I have butterflies, and I'm not even <laughs> debating. Are you sure you want to do this? Because we should all just be friends and do so like a long group hug. No, no, we need to
2: get to the bottom of this. We need to get to the bottom of this question. Right. This has come up so many times in Avatar verse. <laughs> I've gone both ways with it. I love. I actually have grown to love the episode, although I do feel that it has a lot of filler. One being there's no Zuko, but let's continue.
1: <laughs> well, all right. That, I think we just got to the heart of the matter. So, yeah, I understood. Absolutely. Message received. Let us get started with our opening statements. Danielle Radford, you may make a short opening statement after which, but not any sooner. Hector may also make his short opening statement. Danielle. <coughs>
0: What makes a leader? Webster's Dictionary defines leader as a person who has commanding authority or influence. (laughs) In the episode, The Great Divide, uh, you really see Aang come into his own as a leader, as someone who was able to bring peoples together. He may do it through lying means, but it doesn't make it any less um, heroic or any less an important part of his journey in becoming the avatar that he was able to bring these two tribes together in order to affect change and affect one goal.
1: Wonderful opening statement. Hector, you will have the opportunity to rebut that, but for now, let's begin with your opening statement.
3: Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I'm just a simple Southern lawyer, and the only thing I know to be true is that the question today is not, is the Great Divide a bad episode of television? No, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. The question is, is it the lesser of the stellar Avatar, the last airbender episodes in question, to which I say to you and judges, yes, it is the lesser of those episodes for the simple fact that the fans have decreed it so with its lowest IMDB episode rating. So I will be here today hanging on to my suspenders and trying to argue for that position, your honors. Thank you.
1: I did not even notice you change into wow. that seersucker suit. I did not realize yes. you were going to take out a pocket square and dab <laughs> at your shiny wow. southern sweat. But Powerful you hot.
3: are doing this.
2: It. <laughs> it's humid down there in the south, ain't it? It's warm and
3: humid. It's a
0: moist heat. It's a moist heat, yeah.
3: It's a moist, that's right. It's a moist heat. It's moisture <laughs> in the air.
1: <laughs> okay, well... Let's hear what you each have to say just in response to each other's opening statement. Danielle, why don't you rebut what you just heard (laughs) from, I'm not even sure, prosecutor, (laughs) defense attorney, from the attorney who thinks he's in a court, Hector Navarro.
0: I love the fans. So I'm not going to sit here and say that the fans are wrong. But in this case, I think that the fans are wrong. <laughs> um, IMDb <laughs> is, is a fantastic source when it comes to finding out information. I don't necessarily know that I always trust the the, the votes of, of the folks who get on IMDb. We all know that it, it is you are able to game that system. I'm not saying it's been gamed in this point, but I'm saying it's not necessarily the most trustworthy of
1: systems. And I don't know that I would base an entire argument on it. Ooh, Hector, thoughts on Danielle's opening statement?
3: First of all, she is right about IMDb. Can't always trust it. Uh, (laughs) 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 They've had wrong actors up on projects for years. Um, Yeah, I got credits on there that I didn't do. My rebuttal to Danielle's point would be that I think that it's easy to say that this episode is filler because it doesn't super affect the larger, you know, story in season one. It doesn't have fan favorite character, Prince Zuko, which is a real slight on the episode. That's easy. Absolutely. 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 Sucking up
1: to one of the judges. I mean, you're not wrong.
3: (laughs) Oh, just just Uh, wait. Esquire Hector Navarro. (laughs) And I think. To Danielle's point, I think, you know, she was the one that brought it up herself. I think maybe the strongest case that fans have for disliking the episode, not loving it, is that move at the end. Aang straight up lies. He lies. And I think that that has stuck with people and it's, it's, that might be the kind of toughest hurdle to get over. So maybe we'll explore that a little bit. So there we go.
1: What do you think, Bosco? Strong opening statements, strong rebuttal. Should we take a break and uh, see? let this thing get really ugly when we get back?
2: A lot to chew on.
1: Okay, we're back, and this through this section, this is just gonna kind of be what you would expect in a debate if I remember debates correctly, which is that you each are gonna make a statement and then there can be immediate rebuttal from the opposing. Council and Dante and I may you listen. We may bust in and uh, ask a couple questions ourselves. We may bust in. I
2: I don't know exactly how this is going. I didn't know we were in a court of law, but now I'm getting I'm, I'm getting the hang of what's 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 going on.
1: I definitely didn't either because I just objected to something that someone else did. But I'm also pretty sure we're the judges, so I <laughs> I don't. I, it's possible I don't have a law degree. <laughs> As the only one here who's worked in a
0: law office, no, it's fine, it's fine.
1: I defer to you. I defer to you. All right, Danielle, let's continue on with some statements that back up your standing.
0: So just talking more about getting to know the world of Avatar. It's a great episode because it's such low stakes. It's crossing a canyon that you really get to get a feel for two different tribes that are around the same area that want the same things, but don't like each other. And I think that having these low stakes allows you to really learn more about the world of the Avatar. And I think that that's really important.
3: Excellent point. Once again, I'm arguing that it's a stinker. A (laughs) big old stink. And this episode still is, compared to other TV shows' best episodes, it's still amazing. It absolutely is. But compared to the rest of season one, the rest of Avatar The Last Airbender, we're coming off of episode 10, Jet, which is this fan favorite, really, really great episode that you guys just talked about. And I think that, to Danielle's point, I, I like that this show does – this episode does have those low stakes and you can just learn more about the world because, again, we're only 11 episodes into this entire universe, into this entire world. But I think that the storytellers here found other – more impactful ways for us to learn about the dynamics between the nations and the different groups of people in later episodes. So, yes, Danielle is right. Good to good to learn about the world and not have to have every single episode focus on our core gang and those core characters and you know going through those same beats over and over and over again. But I think that the show found ways to do it a little bit better later
1: pretty good rebuttal
3: very very
1: good it sounds like bosco and i both agree strong stuff coming from both of you hector you can take this and run with it continue on with your argument and then danielle you can absolutely rebut
3: point number one when the show and the adventures of these characters are recapped in the fan favorite episode the ember island players They just have the gang fly right over the canyon. (laughs) They don't even, they're like, yeah, let's just, here we go. This is what happens. This is what happens in the play that is recapping the, so I think that's a, you know, I'm going to leave it at that. Self-reflection of the show
1: shadow report
3: foreshadow report deep cut. A little bit there's a little bit of the foreshadow a little bit of the foreshadow
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. that's meta using the show's own commentary to support what you're saying Oof, <laughs> that's strong stuff mm-hmm. danielle thoughts
2: mm-hmm. danielle
0: well i i think that it's unfair to count a recap um even if it's a, if a fan favorite episode recap um because that's not what happens and everyone's memory can be different. Look, true, I've traveled true. to many different places. Could I tell you who was driving? Could it have been Appa? I don't know. <laughs> I've, tra- look, I've gone to the desert and those are like three hour long drives. I might want to say that I took a flying car and just got over there quickly. You don't know. I'm point, I'm saying point. that maybe it's a little bit of an unreliable
1: narrator. Good point. Very good point.
3: Fair point. All right. Keep going, Danielle.
1: Give us some more uh, from your point of view. I love it. Um, So my next point,
0: I think that this had some really good stuff with Katara and Sokka. I like that they both, they wound up being the voices for these two tribes. Um, They wound up both being sent off with different tribes and you really get to see because it can be hard when we're dealing with characters we don't know. But when you put in the people that we care about and that we love and that we already know and they start picking sides, it can be really, it it puts you into that conflict. And they had already been having conflict throughout the episode and they have conflicts on and off throughout the series. So also being able to play with that relationship and find different ways where for them to find conflict where it isn't necessarily, because a lot of times it'll be some. saying something that's like not super great about women but to to have them involved in this conflict it also helps with the rest of the series because you'll be like oh part of it is that but part of it is also like these two people just are not people that super get along at this point so i think that it's also a really good way to explore their relationship through the relationship between these two tribes
1: Gosh, Hector, it's almost like you totally 100% agree. I mean, I'm seeing vigorous silent nodding. Not since my own vigorous silent nodding have I seen someone who looks like they're in danger of hurting themselves <laughs> because they are so silently agreeing with their own opponent. I this mean, is, like, very harmonious.
3: I, I was raised in the South, and we have manas, Yana. We- <laughs> <laughs> Esquire, Esquire. That's that's all that is, is politeness. Um no, Danielle's making a lot of great points. Okay. Counterpoint, counterpoint to that. The the dynamic, the relationship between Sokka and Katara. Counterpoint. When they split off and spend time with the heads of those tribes, it makes them more unlikable. When Katara's like, well, yes. I guess I'll have some bread because everyone else is doing it. Right. I know that we're supposed to be letting these kids learn life lessons. I know we're supposed to be letting these young people maybe kind of make mistakes and be a little swayed one way before they come back to the light. But it makes them unlikable. These tribes are so... They're a bunch of stinkers, these folks.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Now, hold on just a moment. I need to weigh in, and I need (laughs) to shout at the peanut gallery, who happens to also be my fellow judge, and say, less rabble-rousing during the arguments.
3: Yana, I call some Surprise witness Dante Bosco to the stand. Dante.
1: (gasps) (gasps) Well, I never.
3: The floor is yours, sir.
1: Every
2: single character in this particular episode is a jerk. Both. Crews have brought food there. Even the guy taking them across the canyon, man, is a jerk at, at, at certain moments. Like, every oh, single... Oh, I'm sorry.
1: A- I'm sorry. Appa takes the sick and the okay. elderly Appa's across great. the okay. canyon. Okay. I'm sorry. Appa, is Appa, 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 Appa No, no, no.
2: Oppa's great. great. Except for Appa could just work overtime and took everybody. Just busted it, Appa. I mean, look. <laughs> I, you're the only one who could fly. Like, just two, like, four or five trips. What are we doing? <gasps> How dare you? Just do four or five trips, (laughs) Papa. Four or five trips is fine.
1: Right, Danielle, back me up here now. People are just verbally abusing Appa. Help me out here. Uh, Appa is a sweet boy, and we don't take his
0: name in vain. And Appa is a sweet, sweet, precious boy.
3: I know this is not the point of the podcast. Maybe the listeners are experiencing what I'm experiencing too. I'm just closing my eyes and picturing Prince Zuko just yelling at Appa like, "Just take four or five trips. Just take four or five trips, man, and then you're fine." Appa, four or five trips. You're the only one that can fly. (laughs) Now
0: we're
2: getting
3: into
0: Lord of the Rings arguments and. Uh, you know, look, Appa get to rest, too. Appa
1: get tired. He's a yeah. sweet yeah. little baby boy. No, of
2: course. <laughs> he is true. Take
1: a break. But, Danielle, you, know. you get to say your next point. You make your next point. All right. So
0: my last point is that we get to see some really cool earth bending, but also we get to see what happens when someone is, like, injured, unable to bend, and what the consequence of that is. And also... We talk about how everyone in here is a jerk, and they all do jerk actions, but those do not go unpunished, my friends, because the Canyon Guide winds up being punished for those actions, because the Canyon Guide breaks both of his arms and is not able to do all of the cool earth bending that would get everyone across, and so... They do have to learn some kind of lesson. And they've already brought the food, so you might as well eat it. You have to. You should. You got to get rid of all the food before, you know, the cannon crawlers come. They don't. But you have to. So I understand you put it in your belly. That's the best place to hide stuff. That's what we've learned from spy films. Put it in your tooth. Put it in your belly. (laughs) And so you get to see some really cool ways to apply earth bending. And also you get to see the consequences of what it looks like when someone can't bend because they're not able to use their arms and they're not able to bend the way that they're supposed to. And I think that that's really cool and, and and really interesting. Mm,
1: mm, 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 mm. Hector thoughts.
3: Counterpoint again, Danielle has been making solid points this whole time. I think that the, the counterpoint I can make in this is that I think that Danielle is right and that we do get some cool new stuff, and that the jerk characters ultimately do have to suffer some consequences, right? The canyon guy does break his arms, but then at the end he just quits anyway. He's like, "I can't. I'm out of here. I don't want to do this job anymore." He was he was traumatized. <laughs> he quits. He was, he's trying to go to Basingse. He's going to do that. And the two tribes were punished with like nearly wiping themselves out until Aang and the gang like found a solution, used those crocodile spiders, and got up there. I think that's all well and true, but I think that the reason fans will point to this episode and go, this is filler, and that even Brian and Mike said that it was probably fillery and they didn't like elements of the show. Ooh,
1: not saving that for closing statement. Bringing in the creators of the show for a rebuttal. Interesting choice.
3: I'm bringing back another point for my closing statement and it's going (laughs) to hit hard. It's going to land. But I think fans say this is filler because those ideas explored in there, I think were done more elegantly in other adventures and other stories. We lose a little bit of focus from Aang, Katara, and Sokka When you look at typically what a filler episode of a TV show is considered, it's something that you can just pluck out of the lineup and it really doesn't have that much of a bearing on the rest of the show. And I think out of all of the amazing episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender, this one might be it. This might be the one that you can just pluck up from the conveyor belt and everything is mostly the same.
1: Uh, I want to give you an extra point, and by the way, we've assigned zero points and we'll not assign any points. But I'm going to give you a z- hypothetical point for making a cute popping sound, because that was a fun effect. That was a fun effect. Yeah, that was very pleasant. So, extra point for that. You guys want to move into your closing statements? All right. Uh, who should go first?
3: Uh, I, I would like to go first because I, I, I think you might have a better closing statement, so I want to go... <laughs> Let's end on a a high note. Let's end on a high note, Danielle. My closing statement is this. Your honors, ladies and gentlemen of the juries, listeners, to whom it may concern, I think the most egregious mistake this episode made is the complete and total exclusion of a one Prince Zuko, the star of the show. Now you're talking, Esquire Navarro. Yeah.
2: Can I hear a Fire Nation one time? Not a lot of Fire Nation in this episode.
3: Fire Nation, your honors. Fire Nation. Um, <laughs> from the hot and humid south, was a powerful heat coming from the Fire Nation. Um, no, and plus all the other stuff I said, but mainly, no Zuko, man. That means it's a stinker. <laughs> Danielle?
0: What is art? <laughs> I won't go into Webster Dictionary's definition. I will only say that art cannot be judged by whether it is killer or filler. Art cannot be judged by whether it is a thinker or whether it is a stinker, although in this case it is a thinker. Um, I do think that it is important for art that we be able to have different kinds of episodes. And as much as we love the action that pushes the pace of the show along, I think it's just as important to take our time, take a breath, and take these episodes where you learn a little bit about the characters and a little bit about where they're going and a little bit about the world and just take a breath. Especially, you know, you mentioned the episode Jet. I think any episode which is such a beloved episode by fans after that is going to be judged harshly. I think if you put this in a different book, and it's not necessarily following that episode. I think that that people view this differently. So this might not be so much a crime of fillerness or a crime of stinkiness. I think this might be more of positioning. Well,
1: strong, statement. statement. The pop was great in Hector's closing, but it does not trump the killer or filler slash thinker or stinker rhymes. I love a good rhyme. We all know that's something we remember in campaigns. It's very effective. I think it's smart, quick, to the point. And that was a very, very strong closing statement. Um, that's pretty good. Can I add something, Varney. Oh, oh, yes, because I guarantee you I will add something if you add something.
2: Danielle, as you said, and you op- so eloquently opened your uh, closing statements with what is art, I'm a little beside myself that neither one of you actually mentioned <gasps> the art mentioned in the episode. the animation? That we saw mm. not only the original animation, but you have not two, not three, but four different art styles. In this episode, you have... Each tribe with their specific art episode, which is so amazing. And then the first showing of the actual Avatar chibi art at the end with the two guys at the end. So in spite of all of everybody being a jerk in the episode, the actual art in the episode may actually make it a can't miss episode.
1: I this is unprecedented. The even the two judges seemed like they were facing off when it came down to a certain prince being absent from the episode and that potentially being the only reason that it wasn't worth anything and then a surprise twist that very person said the exact same thing that I was thinking, which was about the wonderful art styles. And the other thing that I think Danielle did touch on uh, that I would like to revisit is, maybe this is tipping my hand about how I feel about the episode, but I do think that, A, it's important to see that Aang isn't perfect and does make a decision to lie. And this goes to your point too, Danielle, of positioning, but the idea of a community that becomes so... um, introspective and sort of like protective of itself that it starts to create a bigger and bigger wall around itself. And that makes the othering of anyone else more and more powerful that, you know, sometimes it's nice to have a really over the top blanket way of making that point. And this episode just like really is about that. And we even have a giant crater in the earth and uh, splitting of the earth to remind ourselves that like that's how kind of overwhelming and overpowering it can be
2: and PSA like we mentioned earlier don't lie kids not good
1: true all right we're gonna go straight from a beautiful PSA to a beautiful break when we come back we're going to see if we can all as a group arrive at a decision maybe we can all do this together everybody I feel we've all learned from each other we don't need to other each other we can see if there's a consensus so let's take a quick break and we'll be right back Welcome
2: back to Braving the Elements: The Great Debate over the Great Divide. Where are we at,
1: Varney? Well, I think everybody made great points. I would say that neither argument was wrong per se. I agree that it's not the strongest episode in the series. Yet I also agree that it is not filler. Um, and that those things they can live together in the same place. What does everybody else think?
0: Uh well, yeah, like I, I I don't think it's the strongest episode of the series, but I also don't think that that necessarily means that it's um that it's filler or that it's not worth watching or that it's skippable because we all know that there are shows where you'll go and people will be like you can skip that entire first season and be just fine. Um, I do think with this one, it's a worthy. You know, now that you can watch it and binge it, it's a worthy 22 minutes of your time. Yeah, is it is it my favorite episode? Nah. Do you need to skip it? No, I think you can still watch it and still enjoy the series and still enjoy it and I think that it's a nice little cool off before we get to the end of this book.
1: And it the Canyon Crawlers, if they're if it's like me, it'll remind you of the super scary Peter Jackson King Kong scene that I still have nightmares about. Oh yeah. Hey, listen, if you want to skip it cuz you find the Canyon Crawlers too creepy, that I can support. But don't skip it cuz you think it's filler.
3: Uh, yeah, I think I adore this show as you, as everybody knows. And I think that the best things about this particular episode are everything that Danielle listed. I mean, I also think that it's so wild that like, right now in the world, not to get too heavy, not to not to bring everything down, but like the beginning of this episode a character shows up and they're like, My home was destroyed by the Fire Nation. And then so does the other head of that tribe and Aang, or I think it was Aang, says like, oh, you're a refugee. Or maybe been Katara, but somebody's like, You're a refugee. And that's still beautiful and powerful that like even that is in this show that a kid could watch this and kind of pick up on that and be like okay a refugee is a person who is displaced from their home because of like a political you know of this horrible conflict and so of course there's still things of value in this episode but like everyone else is saying it's not going to be our favorite uh solo entry it's just cool to be here on the podcast man (laughs) you all are great y'all are great (laughs) we just wanted an excuse to have our friends on right (laughs) love you hector
1: Bosco, I think you've made your point too. You, I mean, I, you brought up the art. Yeah,
2: no, Hector, you. you did a Thank great you. job. Thank you. And you too, Danielle. Doctor. And uh, I'm gonna go with a uh, can't miss filler, a can't miss filler episode. Amazing, can't miss. <laughs> oh, nice filler episode. No, it's it, you guys both make really great points.
1: Yeah, and Hector, you said it earlier. Like, if you're gonna eat something that has a delicious filling inside, what do you do? Skip the filling? No. If I get, like, a cookie sandwich, I want that creamy filling. If this is filling, I'll take it. I'll take it.
3: I also, just like a side note, I also, I'm the type of person that when I absorb a TV show or a comic book or something that I get into, I find it insane that there are people that are like okay what can i skip what can i skip i'm like you i'm like commit to the thing if you're already committed if you're already into it how are, are, there can't be people that are watching selective episodes of avatar the last Airbender. that's insanity to me that's so wild so yeah it's all part of it you gotta love it all and episodes like this pay off when you watch the ember island players and you go oh look they just skipped over that's funny they're referencing that other episode yeah, great, great then you get great. to be
1: on the inside of <laughs> it yeah that's a yeah. meta commentary <laughs> right. that's them being funny <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think this was very successful. And I'm so glad that we had you here with us to kind of puzzle through this. And I will agree with all of you and say, too, and I think maybe you've had this experience out in the Avatarverse. A lot of the time, I get a very strong feeling that the people who are huge fans of The Last Airbender, who also are getting a really big kick out of hating on this episode, <laughs> they seem to know it just as well as they know every <laughs> single other episode they can get into nuances of what they hate about this episode that shows me that it's like you still are watching this you are still watching this and you're it's all processing and you're putting it away inside your encyclopedia in your heart and to me that still says love baby exactly Well, why don't we talk about uh, something we saved for we Dante and I recap this episode, but we saved this segment because we wanted to do it with both of you. Every episode that we recap of The Last Airbender, we like to talk about the most valuable bending in the episode and the most valuable non bending in the episode. And we would love to hear from both of you what your thoughts are. Let's hear from you, Danielle, about who you think had the most valuable bending in the episode. Uh, well, that would definitely be like
0: Aang versus the Canyon Crawlers, right? Like when he pushes them all back using good old airbending.
3: I liked, maybe this is weird, I just liked this guy, but the Canyon Guide was my favorite new character in this hmm. show. And the canyon guide, when he does this move where he brings out the rock bridge, and Aang is like complimenting him, he's like, "Oh, pretty cool, earth bending." And he's like, "Yep, yeah, you know, just you also have to know stuff. You got to, you know." I just like that little moment where he makes this bridge. I felt that to be very valuable. But in retrospect, when I think about it, all he was doing was trapping them in a thing <laughs> that they couldn't <laughs> get out of. Maybe it wasn't the most valuable. Uh, but uh, but I. I Big fan of earthbending.
1: Yeah, and you're building in the history of this guy having made it his job to get people through the canyon in the past. Mm -hmm. You're dipping Mm -hmm. in to the canon of this guy's past as being the guy who will get you across, and that's how you survive. So I'm sure there are characters from the never-to-be-developed series that will never happen (laughs) about that guy
2: canyon man
1: and all of the Spin people off. that he helped in the past
2: canyon, canyon man yeah, yeah, yeah he makes that bridge hector and then he destroys the bridge so then he, that's when they get locked in he's like fire nation could be coming down this way i mean in in, in retrospect he's an <laughs> earthbender he could have made this so much easier how many times you've been through the canyon man just make a bridge don't you bend earth what's going on no nah, nah. the fire <laughs> nation might be coming so we gotta destroy it too
1: I think you two just invented the least valuable bending portion of the mm-hmm. show.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that award does go to the Canyon Guide.
2: Mm-hmm. Canyon Guide. I know. The most valuable bending would have been OPA if he just carpooled it a few times. However, that only happened for the <laughs> old and sickly. It
1: could still be Appa. He still took all the <laughs> old people and the sick people.
2: He Old and sickly, he took them carpool appa yeah. carpool
0: <laughs> he could have taken each tribe like just two trips across with each one He
2: could have we have tons history. of food we stole we have tons of food Ooh. we have tons of food to feed
1: you when you're done because <laughs> we all cheated and brought tons of food for the <laughs> creepy crawly people i'm shutting this down i'm officially shutting down the giving appa a hard time for not carpooling argument it's over poor sweet appa danielle's beautiful baby a sweet baby we both boy. love appa <laughs>
3: You're not gonna like my next answer, Janet you're not gonna like oh, my next answer. All right, let's get <laughs>
1: let's get it over with let's hear about Hector's most valuable non-bending in the episode.
3: I hate to bring it up. I thought that the most valuable non-bending moment, was Appa carrying the sick and elderly? But now that I think about it, I'm like, that's a bending. Appa's also an airbender. So that's, you know, I just sometimes I don't make that connection.
1: Oh, but also, Hector, do you have a backup now that you've just realized that the one that you had doesn't really work?
3: My backup was when dude got, like, bit and his, like, arm was broken and then Sokka throws the boomerang and hits the... Canyon crawler and then he drops the, the Canyon guide I thought it's always it's always Sokka with the boomerang that's always the most valuable Non-bending anytime he does that Boomerang good boomerang moves Hats off to you Sokka
1: Danielle what about You most valuable non-bending moment Um
0: so I like non-violent Solutions to problems I'm a nerd Um so learning To muzzle the canyon crawlers with food And yes! getting them up the canyon for Me was yes! like my favorite non-bending moment Like figuring out the like This thing that actually like we thought was terrible wound up you know it it, it did it created some problems for them in the beginning but it also wound up being their savior that they all uh, had and they're like the cartoon food so everything looks good you know Mm. the egg tart looks amazing (laughs) all the meat is like amazing it looks like you got it at a ren fair and just like figuring out (laughs) to muzzle these canyon crawlers and using that as like the carrot on the stick to get them up the canyon that to me is the best uh the best non-bending
1: moment strongly agree. Strongly agree. I think you're so right. It just and that's that other little moment. And Aang is always there to whenever he can sort of shift the lens. Right. The perspective so that we go, oh, wait, they're just hungry.
2: I was impressed. I was impressed by the muzzling and the grinding. I was like, wow, that's pretty smart. I did think about where was that um, that oppo whistle? That air bison whistle to get Appa's lazy butt <laughs> back down to carpool us. We're stuck in the Great Divide. Where's my whistle? I at? can't.
1: I'm going. No. I just. Where's can't. that air I bison whistle? I can't, even, I can't even right now.
3: This is amazing. That's great.
1: <laughs> All right. Okay. Is there a moment that anybody can think of in The Great Divide that we will shout out for our sort of share me the details segment? Like a share me the details moment where maybe you think it goes by so fast or it's such a small detail. It doesn't necessarily make the episode or it might even just be overlooked, but it's a great moment in design or animation or humor, background detail. Everybody's nodding. That's very exciting to me. Danielle, what's yours?
0: So my favorite was when uh, Aang reveals that he lied and Katara in the back is like, Oh, you lied? That's awful. And she gets the smile on her face in the background. And I don't know if people can see it, but just that huge, like, like, one, a sardonic, like, one of those smiles where it's, like, almost like a dream work smile. Like, it's half with, like, that little, uh, it was, a yeah, I, I don't remember the exact wording. I wish I would have written it down, but I loved it so much. Just this great moment where she's like, You did not. That is so wrong. But she's smiling real big. Oh, I loved it. And it's like right in the
1: background. That's great. Hector, what about you? Uh,
3: You guys mentioned the art style before. The artistry in this episode is wonderful, so solid, the different art styles especially. But I love the little moments, especially in season one when I think the show is like figuring out what they can push, the little moments of exaggeration. So when Aang is wondering,
2: Is that... A custard in that tart. His
3: eyes Those little moments of pushing the animation and being a little exaggerated are beautiful, but I also want to point out. <gasps> His little mouth let when he just does that, let me it just,
0: out. it's amazing. Oh, yes. Yeah.
3: So let so me just good. refer to the good book here. Boom, yes, The Art of bring Avatar Bless Ever. Baby. This this I'm really glad they put this in here because I was really blown away by it. As we're watching the episode, the opening background of the Great Divide itself was so lovely, and they have it in here. The design is by Tom Dankowitz, want to shout him out. So, I mean, I know this is a podcast and it is not visual, but there's this great image of this pencil sort of background design that I think is really good. And I think that the the backgrounds of this show and Korra are some of the most, they're the unsung heroes of the whole show. They are so gorgeous. They are evoking Ghibli. They are this incredible... Level of detail that I think is you never see in in shows like this typically. So shout out to the background background absolutely. artists, they're awesome.
1: Heck yeah, absolutely. The the canyon guides paranoia is so adult, like it belongs <laughs> in like a like a you know what I mean. It feels like it's like you know we're we're, we're toast, man. Like Bill Paxton's character in <laughs> Aliens or something. Like game over, man. Uh, this thing's after me, man. I named like, my cat so... after him. <laughs> One of my cats. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's such and good I news. named one of my
3: cats Canyon guy. That's so crazy. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you, to, you guys totally get it. Yeah. I just love his. It's so unhinged. And it's like Sokka is kind of the is the us in this episode where it seems like he's the one who keeps noticing like, oh, this guy's not, uh, he's not all there anymore. They're coming back for me. They've had a taste and they're coming back for me. <laughs> yeah. It's just
2: so weird. At first, you think he's. Oh, I thought, like, oh, it's older guys, he's wise, a king guy, he might be like Uncle Iroh-ish. And then all of a sudden, my dude is, what's he doing?
1: <laughs> he's, then he ends up quitting his yeah. job. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Big old
0: quitter.
3: It's great. Great.
1: Any other uh, detail moment for you?
2: For me, I mean, I like <laughs> you guys when they push the animation, it's, it, you know, there's a moment where at the beginning of the episode, when Katara saying, "Oh, he's the Avatar. He's gonna save the day." And they cut to they, you know, they cut to Aang, and his eyes are so big, and he has like the Puss and boots eyes, you know, like oh. And you, I just love those little <laughs> Shakespearean <laughs> asides of just really funny and really cool. Mm-hmm. Like that's a great one.
1: Absolutely love it. Yeah, this for what for however you feel about this episode, it is full of details. Even if on the whole you're like it feels a little more throwaway. Even if you're one of those people, I. I have to imagine that you still appreciate those weird little moments that you're just not going to get anywhere else in the series.
2: This is a history lesson. Like, this is history, you guys. No history is actually right. Like, all history is someone's perspective of history. Like, that's how history works, you guys. Whoever telling you is telling you from their point of view. That's it. Yeah.
1: So I guess <clears throat> we're picking Danielle as the winner of the debate because she represents what we all actually feel. <laughs> so Yeah. So oh, she Hector, also did an amazing sweetie. job. She did an amazing job of backing it all up. And Hector did an amazing job of secretly supporting her and backing her up on everything, even as he was pretending to be an angry Southern uh, lawyer who was wearing suspenders. So we're all in agreement. Uh, Bosco, you want to uh, ask them a couple of the standard questions so we can get their answers? So I'm really excited to hear about both the what they would blank and who they blank.
2: Yes. And we asked all of our guests who... Do they ship?
3: You know your favorite ships in the world of Avatar.
2: Where Where are you guys going with that?
3: I go real basic. I'm real basic with my ships. But you know what? Let me Let me zero in uh, for this episode. I ship the two heads of these warring clans. I think that they're going to end up together. <gasps> oh. I, I think that they're going to end up. I think opposites attract. I think they're the odd couple. I think one's going to make the other one a little more relaxed, and one's going to make the other one a little more cleanly. And I think that they're going to work it out.
1: Fantastic! That was that was that came out of nowhere. It was and it was great. Danielle, what about you? My
0: overall ship, I am a sucker for Zuko and May. I love, uh I love Masad Boy and Madaria. Like I just, I love them together. <laughs> I love like little moments like, well, I don't hate you, you know, where where May is like, oh, the sunset's so orange. <laughs> and Zuko's like, oh yeah, right. I love it. You hate everything. And she's like, I don't hate you. And he's like, I don't hate you either. That's just so that speaks to like all of the parts of me that go, you know what?
2: I could change him. Shout out to Mako. Shout out to (laughs) Mako and the, the emo ship of all time. Little emo in you, Danielle. Little emo in you. A little
0: bit. It. Oh, oh, That's I had cool. I had some dark. I had some jet black hair with some blonde
1: streaks.
2: You went to that concert crying with everybody.
1: That's right. We actually talk about it on my podcast, The JV Club. And uh, we got into some emo. We got into some emo in that conversation. It was a delightful conversation. So check that out if you want to hear more about how Mako <laughs> came to Daniel to nestle in Danielle's heart. It's true. It's true. I love the emo. Oh,
0: I love an emo ship. Ah, oh, makes me so happy. But sad, but happy.
2: So now we're getting elemental. And so we also love to ask all our guests what kind of bender would they be if they were a bender? Danielle? Ooh, okay.
0: So I'm an earth sign. I'm a Virgo. Um so I do have love for earth, but honestly, I think that I would love to be an air bender. Who doesn't want to glide? Like you get to, you get to glide on a ball. You get to glide on those, like who doesn't want to glide? And you never have to worry about TSA. You just get to get places just like cross-legged on a ball of air, man. Doesn't that sound so dope? It
1: sounds dope to all of us, except there's one person who might pretend it doesn't sound dope to him because he wants everyone to say Fire
2: Nation. It's a little cold. It's a little cold up there. No one ever mentions how cold it is. You see all that bison, how fur- thick his fur is? But I'm going to tell you where it's always warm. It's
3: always warm in the Fire Nation.
1: Hector, don't don't break his heart. I'm sure you'll choose firebending.
3: In an effort to try to avoid breaking Dante's heart, I'm going to try to compliment him and maybe kiss his butt a little bit. But here's a th- here's the reality, Dante. Few people in this world Great. are as cool as Dante Bosco. I learned a long time ago I can't pull that off. I can't I can't pull that off man. I can't do it. I can't do it. And to have that heat and that passion and that energy, I love it. I respect it. I appreciate it. Uh I mean, the Zuko Iro combination, they're my favorite characters in the entire series. But as I thought more about it, I also thought <sighs> the beautiful thing about water bending is to have the fluidity and to ha- and I'm like I love and appreciate that too you know i know that like danielle and i we have like a hosting background and we can do things on the fly and we can improv and stuff but then the more i more and more i thought about it i thought i am grounded i try in my life to be grounded my favorite pokemon is geodude i have to go earthbending baby because i just love the the feel of the dirt under Ooh, your bare feet yeah. and just that that those kinds of stances that kind of martial art yeah. i i love it i i think that that is the way that i would be most helpful to the world around me is if i embrace that and let the people as cool as dante be firebender i can't you know i you can't i can't no, you, it's, I, him. You, it's you him
2: alluded to earthbending <laughs> several times in this episode and and i and i think your love for earthbending is genuine Fire Nation would love to have you. You know, sometimes, or oh, you know, we can we can we can
3: collaborate, <laughs> make molten rock. We can make lava sometimes. You know, I would live. I would live in an Earth Kingdom tribe, Shapeless right on the border promoter. of the Fire Nation, right and on we the would. Border. You know, we would we would make some cookouts. Exactly, right there, right there. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: who doesn't love a cookout? Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'll never forget when Dante revealed that he rode his motorcycle to Comic Con, <laughs> and Jack Desena and I were like,
3: "Oh, you're so suco." Isn't that almost a... And listen, I'm Comic-Con in my blood. I was born and raised in San Diego. I've been going to Comic-Con since I was 10. But isn't that almost an oxymoron that Dante's filling up gas on his motorcycle and someone's like, where are you headed? And he's like... (laughs) comic-con like that doesn't make sense you gotta bring the cool you gotta bring the cool because he's gotta bring the cool
1: (laughs) somebody gotta bring the cool cool to comic-con plus it was probably easier to get around that was my thought i'm coming in for this
2: one panel and i'm gonna be able to park anywhere if i bring this motorcycle that's what I thought. And that's what I did.
3: He just busted through the walls of the convention center, just landing on the stage of the panel.
2: And then the Kool-Aid, <laughs> hey. the Kool-Aid guy came in like, through that hey. busted wall and was like, that was my job. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing a grease, too. Like, straight of grease, too, with the motorcycle guys. <laughs>
3: what, would, what would the Kool-Aid man bend? What nation would he belong to?
1: I don't know. He comes in hot. He might be a fire nation. I know
2: the Kool-Aid guy. I actually met the Kool-Aid guy at the Comic-Con. And he says, "Hey no. man, what's he say? What's his line?" I actually know Brock. <laughs> oh and yeah, Comic Con. <laughs> no,
1: hold on. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> hey he man, want some hey, man. <laughs> I knew, I knew it was two words. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, I've got to get it together. I cannot stop laughing. That was beautiful. All right. Oh, thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, it's been so fun to deconstruct it a little further with our friends and. What a blast. I hope you'll both come back and uh, we won't even necessarily make you argue in favor or opposed of anything. We can just talk like the human friends we are. (laughs) Yeah, such a
2: fun episode. I loved I loved all everything you guys had to say and made me think about this episode in a (laughs) lot of different ways. I also like the courthouse setting.
1: Will you both please, uh, Danielle, start uh, and just remind people where they can find you and uh, what they should be checking out?
0: Yeah, uh, you can find me um, on uh, Twitter at Danielle Radford. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at Danielle underscore Radford. Again, I'm one of the writers of the Honest Trailers. If you like uh, comics, you can find my comic, Agretzko Meet Her World, number three. I believe that that is still um, in comic book shops. Yes, there is wrestling. Yes, there are corgis. I'm me everywhere I go. Um, (laughs) Everywhere I go, I'm always me. And uh, and, yeah, my wrestling podcast, if you're in, to wrestling, and you want to watch me, a British romance writer named Lindsay, and a voice actor named Hal talk a lot about wrestling. Uh, there you go, because that's what we're doing. And that is Tights and Fights on Max Fun.
1: Hector.
3: You can find me online at Hector is Funny. Check out my YouTube channel that I do with my buddies called Heroes Reforged. And of course, be on the lookout for go search for SpongeBob Binge Pants, the SpongeBob SquarePants podcast with me and Frankie Grande. It's wonderful. It's fantastic. And in the immortal words of the Kool-Aid man, hey, man. (laughs) Hey, man. Hey, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And friends, next week, we are going to be recapping The Storm with, yes, we are bringing him back because we love him so much, the hilarious Jack DeSena, a.k.a. Sokka. We love you, and we will talk to you next time on Braving the Elements. Hey,
2: man. We'll see everybody next Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.